You are listening to the Worlding Podcast, where we explore the relationship of how we are both shaping and being shaped by our surroundings. The podcast traces interconnections by inviting each episode's guest to pass on the mic to someone who has influenced their world. And now, here's your host, dance artist Renee Schadler. Hello friends. Today we complete our 11th string figure with my guest Agnesa Bojikova, a dance artist based in Riga in Latvia who was recommended by Daniel Hengst, who in the last episode asked whether we are willing to empathize with plants and grant them an autonomous intrinsic value. In this episode we will continue that conversation focusing on how we can develop our awareness of processes within the human body that can then extend outwards to also embrace our surroundings and the interconnection between bodies and worlds, between worlds and bodies. Thanks so much for coming onto the show, Agnesa. Hello, it's really a pleasure. And thank you to Daniel Hengst for invitation. To begin, can you share with myself and listeners your current surroundings and how they're shaping this conversation today? Hmm, sure. Um, I'm recording from my apartment in a small village next to a town called Bauska. It's a southern part of Latvia, approximately 60 kilometers from Riga, which is the capital. Um, it is located, uh, yeah, as I said, already in southern part, which is very close to Lithuania's border. So it's I'm I'm very close to a, a different different state already. Um, it's my home village where I've been brought up, and uh, at the moment there is a proper winter weather outside, uh, quite cold, uh, minus nine degrees, and uh, we've had a um, intense snowing. So now everything is kind of covered with snow um, and frozen, um, very white, but also a bit gives it a bit like that shadow, like as well in, inside of a room because there is no sun, just uh, white snow. And uh, it's very still, yeah, still winter scene behind the window. And I have feeling that the air is not moving like literally it's frozen and that still picture lets me notice the materiality of the snow and ice color of it um, feel the thickness of the air and so on and um, some things which i might not see if there were bigger movement going on i think yeah because activity big activity has has calmed down, has been slowed down. So it's a possibility to notice and see um, small, small movement, small um, activities if they are happening there. As for example, smoke going out of a chimney. <laughs> mm. I know a big influence on your dance work is authentic movement practice which grew out of an inner-directed approach to movement developed by Mary Starks Whitehouse in the US and then 
Janet Adler, who developed this approach into a practice involving a mover and a witness. And it's really interesting to hear you speak and also start to connect also to this authentic movement practice of observation. I like to observe things. I think that's probably my nature. That's why authentic movement fits me uh, quite well, because one of main tasks in the role of a mover is uh, yeah is to observe and to connect with the body uh, but what i find uh, particularly nice in this practice is that there is that um, invitation to to switch from a control of a mind towards the uh, um, sensations of the body and uh, and uh, that's something what interests me uh, a lot, and uh, because I, I I I know that body has its own intelligence, and if I dial down like um, previous, like let's say these experiences which has been cre created by mind, um, I can connect to, to some um, different space, which is new and more unknown for me. And yeah, I'm very attracted towards that unknown, <laughs> uh, let's say. Mm, I had the pleasure of seeing two short dance videos you choreographed. Firstly, Hear Me, created in 2017 about the sound generated by the body and the loudest place in the world, which you created in 2020 and also performed in which was a work around the topic of freedom and how this is communicated only through the head and shoulders. So totally resonates with this idea of minor movements and really zooming into the detail. And both these films were shot in close-up, so only parts of the body were being shown in each frame. Can you share how you came to that decision of this very close, intimate frame for the audience and viewers? Hmm. Yeah. Um, to begin with, maybe I would like to share, um, which also like thinking and like about questions and like topics, uh, uh, what I could talk about in this podcast about this practice. Uh, I somehow just came, came back actually to that time where that interest probably, let's say, from an active movement to a very minor movement to an a outer and visible, like, a part of a body switched towards, like, internal space of a body. Um, yeah, years ago, I participated in a workshop of Portuguese choreographer uh, Joan von Meyer Trindade, and she was in Riga, and um, she gave us a task to choose a picture of a sculpture and uh, and like embody that sculpture, like a shape of sculpture was the beginning, like a, of a task and to make some short uh, creative sketch. Uh, and I remember um, that in that moment, um, the idea uh, came to me that I could make a, movement <laughs> without trying like trying not to move so much like like all my outer body would be um 
actually lay out that sculpture somehow uh, embodied that heaviness of uh, mm, sculpture and the heaviness of bones and a heaviness of uh, materiality of uh, our own bodies as well and and I realized somehow that um, that internal processes of a body became very active. I started to feel um, big muscle contractions and that intensity of a breath and uh, how joints were holding me. So uh, when I was kind of trying not to move and there was some kind of uh, resistance, which was a quite big intensity. And, uh, and I started to, not started, but just really, I found it fascinating in a way that, um, that it's something which I haven't been like um, aware of or familiar with. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think then I started to research much more, like started to, uh, also in my choreographic work, started to uh, find like, uh, or make a movement or choreography through these oppositions, kind of like, like, like starting point is non-motion, like, yeah, or, or starting point is uh, sleeping or stillness or not, not moving, yeah. And then similarly, like in this, like, winter scene outside, I also started to notice much more uh, internal activity, which is a uh, very intense, I, I, would, I would say. So, um, yeah, that has been probably my inspiration to create work. And if we are coming back to these, like, two particular video works, which you mentioned, um, yeah, uh, the loudest place in the world. Um, uh, I was researching a topic of freedom in, in that work, and again, I came to words like um, form and expression of that through actually restriction, idea of re restriction and like how restrained actually our body is. Um, I realized that it's not free at all because it carries so many, um, you know, experiences, informations, uh, uh, social norms, and uh, and so on um and like this idea of layers on what what my body kind of carries it was very i think good to use a video camera because it allows to zoom uh towards some small smaller area of a body and uh, when i focus just to uh, one thing for example, to my palm, um, observe it, and I start to notice what kind of like natural movement maybe already happens there. Um, so it depends on my like ability to sense as well, and in uh, some like of on uh, quietness of a mind, I would think say as well. So it's not forcing me yeah, to do things, and so uh, I let. I let it to develop and in that kind of way like that small thing which is kind of like and very low which is located in very particular areas of the body um, I find 
it's that it starts to live like their own life and so somehow um, makes the wholeness of of the body somehow more rich yeah in my in my from my perspective mm. yeah definitely with the separate parts being filmed so closely sometimes in watching the films I also forgot that it was a whole body you know like definitely in hear me there are some moments where the dancers are like really um, shaking their legs on the floor and you're hearing the floor and the skin and the flesh come in contact and takes a moment to realize okay this is a leg connected to hips connected to a torso connected to a head like this idea of a personality of a human or kind of the container that we perceive it in starts to melt away and do you really focus in hear me especially just on this vibration this sound that is kind of permeating also the floor so it is this dissolving in a way of this perceived border between bodies and worlds as two two materialities come together to create something new mm -hmm. yeah uh, definitely when I was making it hear me it was also kind of bigger research for me I started with the video and uh, afterwards I made a performance as well, live performance. But I was researching the sound of a human's body and uh, not just the sound, but also a noise, which is um, which also was a nice concept. And uh, the first phase, really, I, I went through that, uh, like test, testing uh, what actually can make a sound which other person could hear <laughs> like uh, in in a human's body and uh, um, very much it's about like okay i can hear like how my scapula cracks and uh, how my heartbeat sometimes going and i can sense uh, that um, muscles or some kind of nerves of my body um, are tickling uh, However, it's not somehow very visible to other people. And uh, when I wanted to make uh, like this material uh, perceive, like possible to, to see and also hear for uh, spectators, I was searching like for those ways, how, how to amplify it in a way and somehow how to make it uh, hearable <laughs> actually. And um, yeah. So, um, so there are approximately, I found at least three levels, like how that sound is happening in a body, like, uh, and can be hearable. Um, one, which is probably not hearable by ears, is uh, all the internal sounds uh, and the uh, motions of organs and uh, blood system and so on however i know that john cage uh, has told that he he has heard kind of like there is a chance for humans to hear their own like blood circulation but then they need to be in very quiet room mm -hmm. and their set of mind also should be kind of very very calm and then uh more hearable and more on the surface thing is like uh yeah cracks and different kind of like 
uh, movements, nah, but the sounds of joints, <laughs> which, uh, and, uh, and then like body part connect, when body part connects to some kind of a surface that makes a sound. And that's probably something what I, I used the, the most as a, so because that creates that sound. And of course also voice, like a voice is um, also very uh, rich um, source of, uh, uh, how to say, yeah, trans transportation or kind of tra transports, I think, out a lot of, um, of what person carries inside, I think, um, especially if, if we use that uh, um, nonverbal voice like that kind of which I think in linguistics it's called bubbling yeah so these like sounds which are pre pre language uh, um, phase which uh, every every person every small baby toddler is doing and using and which we kind of um, because of education and learning a language actually uh, use more more less and less and until we don't use them at all. It's actually a great tool to release stress, some tensions, and uh, to bring out also something which is suppressed in a way, I think, in the body. Yeah, it's about, again, about this carrying and then bringing it out. And I think through that voice, um, yeah, abstract sound of a voice, it's, uh, it's very much happening. Mm. It's also incredibly playful, hear me, because there was really this open exploration of how movement can sound, how materiality of things and bodies come together. And there's a very touching part in the film where a performer comes to the, the camera and you get a close-up on the mouth in this position, almost like a kiss and this very strange bubbling comes out as you refer to it. And it is very much, for me, this very primal exploration of just exploring the matter as it is and exploring what's possible. And I think it's a very rich invitation in that way, like... Can listeners now, perhaps wherever you are, just experiment with parts of the body coming together or if there's a surface near you, tap it and really listen in to what that sounds like because I don't think we really have that um, invitation so often in our everyday life. Yeah, I agree. And I've been living in Soviet times as well mm. and all that big heritage of restrictions I think I carry partly that in my body as well. So uh, that's why I think also that like revelation in a way that, uh, ha, huh, <laughs> I can be spontaneous and uh, really through the mm. body and through that sound, which doesn't have to be certain, which doesn't have to explain anything. It just, I can just express myself and let things out is, um, yeah, very, very freeing as you said. I'm interested also in your focus on the minor movements and how that is 
extending outwards into a world in practice because I really think by relating to the small movements within the body, there becomes this moment where it does provide a greater empathy or point of relation with our surroundings, like thinking about the loudest place in the world where the camera is constantly on the the shoulders and the neck and there are movements that you're performing. It's a solo performance um, for those that haven't had the opportunity to see it. And Agnesa is moving also her neck very slightly, extending it forwards in a moment. And you notice the veins in the neck, like how they are contorting and really allowing this movement to take place. And it connected very nicely to last episode when Daniel was talking about how plants that we cohabit with, so inviting listeners to think of a plant that perhaps is in the house or perhaps they walk past regularly and how that plant grows. So I was looking at a bonsai, which has lots of branches interconnected and thinking about how that also relates to how I extend my head forward, for example. And I think this is a worlding practice also allows this dissolving of these perceived borders. And then once we start to understand that there is a relation in the way we grow, in the way we function, it is possible to empathize without placing the position of the human on top of the position of the other living matter or of the floor. Obviously, it thinks differently to us and it functions differently, but there is a similarity in which we can build a relation. There's a point of contact or a point of connection that then can yeah, lead to something else perhaps. Mm-hmm. It can. I, I think that knowledge also has come to me through getting to know and getting more and more contact in in my body and in that part which kind of comes more from a body not so much from a mind or thinking Uh, as we already mentioned materiality like uh, internal impulses of a of a movement and um, it somehow brings uh, I think us in a different kind of awareness uh, about like processes which are going on in my own body, for example. But then it also brings me into some, uh, like allows me to perceive more subtle things and uh, more, hmm, yeah, perceive also time a little bit differently. And, uh, and I think that's quite crucial combination to for us to for for people generally to yeah to be able to notice also things outside and uh, outside of ourselves i remember it was as well quite um, a long time ago but i was in a meditation retreat and after eight days of practice i was walking in a in a field and i remember i was standing on grass and I uh, took my feet away from grass and I saw that like it has been like yeah put put down but then I just noticed how it's like coming back 
and straightened back up. And it was so strong experience. And I thought, oh, how can I haven't um, noticed that before? <laughs> and then I realized that there is some kind of like more like bigger clarity, like in my mind, maybe, which, for example, also authentic movement practice uh, brings in um, because there is that like aim to connect or can to search some kind of a clear um, clear movement, clear uh, sensation. Um, and yeah, because of that clarity, I, I, I could notice like uh, things outside of me much more. And then that realization comes, I think that just our bodies are just like a part of a world, no, which is of course, and we are connected in in very different way. And uh, and movement practice, uh, really, I learn through that, like how that kind of subtle movement or subtle collapse, for example, of uh, cells, bones, joints. When, for example, I go from vertical to, to a floor, yeah, um, that it's very similar to maybe avalanche <laughs> in, in, a, yeah, in a slower uh, version of that. And so in that kind of way, I'm totally sure that we are connected and and that helps me to understand um, the plant and uh, the uh, grass and maybe another live organisms and also another human beings the, in that yeah primal level in that like life level mm. is there a way Agnesa that myself and listeners and perhaps people that don't come from a movement background could experience some of the ideas that we're talking about today. I like to invite guests to propose a, a physical task or invitation that we can really embody and feel into your research. Hmm. Yes, I would, uh, I would like to propose actually something very simple and uh, I often like to work with a timer and frame some certain time, amount of time, which gives me a, a beginning and a kind of ending for tasks. So, but I also have that freedom to just to explore and to connect with my sensations and whatever comes um, more, more, more free, freely. And, um, but today, like here, we are going to do it like that. That you find a position where you want to be in. It can be either sitting or standing for this time, I would, I would propose. And then you close your eyes uh, so you can connect with your uh, body easier. And after, uh, there will be like the time frame around three minutes for this task at the moment. And after three minutes, you will hear some kind of sound which tells you that it has finished. So I hope you have chosen a position and uh, Easy, easily close your eyes and uh, 
first thing which you do is you draw your attention, you bring your attention uh, towards how your body connects to a surface you are connected with. If you are standing, you feel the area underneath your feet. If you are sitting, connect. Yeah, bring your attention to towards those points where you feel your body touches surface. And let your body to open up towards the surface. And then you feel where is your breath. And bring your attention towards your breath. And don't do anything special, just observe. Allow yourself to connect with your internal space through your breath, through your breathing. Yeah, and from now on, I'm not going to tell a lot, but I will just allow you to feel whatever sensations you can feel in your body. It's like you observe yourself from inside and just allow yourself noticing everything what you can sense, what you can feel.
Hmm. Okay, so three minutes has passed now, and you can gradually, yeah, uh, bring your attention towards outer space again. When you feel ready, you can open your eyes and uh, yeah, allow yourself a little bit, maybe just to realize what did you feel, what did you experience just now. And, but I also sometimes uh, like when it is a task, I like people to tell and, for example, to name uh, specifically three th things what they uh, could feel or sense. And uh, how about you, uh, Renee? Um, can, you, can you maybe share with us uh, three things which you could feel in this time frame? Yeah, definitely. I had a really nice, like, cozy sensation around my neck. I'm wearing a, a scarf, which is very dear to me, and it's uh, cashmere, so very soft fabric. And so that was very much a kind of connection from the inside to the outside, the, the connection of the, the cashmere material on my skin, and then imagining kind of the the scarf as an extension of the skin um or the skin as an extension of the scarf um and then i actually had my elbows on my desk i'm standing at my desk and um so my my contact was through my elbows to the desk and through my feet to the floor so when you were talking about melting, that felt very clear to me. These four points of, yeah, water came to mind with the idea of melt just pouring into the wooden desk and the pocket on the floor. And then a third sensation. I think the idea of the still winter from the beginning of our conversation was still very present. So I kind of connected with that, I think, internally, there being some some stillness and silence for people listening to this podcast. Perhaps for you it's a weekday or you're traveling or you're cooking or you're spending time with your children. But for us right now it's a Sunday midday in winter in December and yeah, somehow the, the time and the place really resonated inside in a very still way. Mm, sounds great. <laughs> mm, thank you. Very nice to hear. And how about you, Agnesa? Do you have three things you realized or felt? Yeah, I, I felt um, a tingling, let's say, feeling somehow pulsating, feeling more in the back of my head. Um, I heard or kind of felt that my heartbeat today is uh, somehow lower in the stomach. <laughs> I somehow felt like the resonance of that in my stomach today, um, not in the chest so much. And, uh, and also I felt like dryness of lips. Um, yeah, of a skin of lips, which which feels somehow very very dry at the moment. 
perhaps listeners can write them down or share your three sensations with a friend or someone nearby. Because it's really nice also, I think, this aspect of sharing afterwards because one thing is the practice of sensing and one thing is the practice of articulating. Again, we're bringing sensation and language closer together. Mm. Thanks for inviting and for this uh, opportunity to share and uh, tell about, like, yeah, my practices and way how I see or sense maybe a world. And thank you so much, Agnesa, for being our 33rd Worlding podcast guest. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mm, amazing. You have had 33 guests. It's a very, I think, nice uh, journey. Yes, it's been an amazing journey and I feel very humbled to have had the opportunity to connect with 33 artists and thinkers from all different disciplines, whether they be dance artists or visual artists or sound artists and also be guided by them. So for each string figure, I curate the first guest who is always a Berlin-based artist, and then they curate the second, and the second curates the third. So often I would find myself in a location I'd never been to. So, for example, Virginia in the US, where we were discussing the African diaspora and reparations to Belgium connecting with graphic designers and sharing ideas around queer fantasies. So I think that was a really interesting part of the podcast as well, this idea of not knowing, of following worlds and allowing worlds to world, you know? So it was also a little bit more on a meta level, a way of like allowing stories to unravel and allowing ourselves to be surprised and not having this hold on control or holding a kind of central position in that. So it was very liberating and I'm a little bit sad that now we come to the end of this project after two years, so from 2020 to 2022. And I would like to say a big thank you to Camelo Pampilonio. I do hope I pronounced your second name correctly. Camelo's been doing the sound editing for these episodes. And to Anna Velik, who is the intro and outro voice. And of course, to Distanzen of the Dachverband Tanz Deutschland and the Neustadt Kultur Funding Program, who've been very generously supporting these episodes and Anna will give you the full German credit at the end. So yeah, a really big thank you to listeners and I hope you can continue to engage in the archive and perhaps the Wording Podcast will come back, perhaps not. I'll keep you in the loop and I wish you a wonderful day, whatever day you're listening to this and for Agnesa, I wish you a wonderful Sunday afternoon and thank you so much for your time. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, I wish you also a very, very nice winter time and December. <laughs>
Gefördert durch die Beauftragte der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien im Programm Neustart Kultur. Hilfsprogramm des Tanzen des Dachverband Tanz Deutschland.